Hello, awesome people. This is Rick. And Rebecca. Welcome back to another episode of A Little R&R. Woot woot. Yeah. Hope you're all doing well today. So a couple of pods ago, we talked about spiritual practices. In our last one, we talked about specifically meditation. Mm -hmm. We're going to tackle worship today, what worship is. And we're going to talk about what it does and uh, hopefully give some helpful ideas of how to incorporate it more into our lives. So do you want to kick things off? Because you were super jazzed. Talk about this one. I am the lover of worship. So why? Well, I think that worship is one of those things that helps change me in a way that um, the other spiritual practices don't. How so? Uh, Because it is... Something that activates my mind and my body, I think, in a way that's different than some of the other spiritual practices. And I don't understand why it is that way for me, but it is. I think when we're talking worship, we instantly think music, sure. which there is for real truth in that, that there is the musical component of worship. But worship is any activity that turns my heart towards God and... um in a, in a way that I can show adoration to him, which can any hmm. of the spiritual practices then sure. can become sure. an act of worship. Um, but one thing that I want to say before we delve too in, when we're talking about music, I think it's really hilarious that um, because of some of our previous views on God, um, you know, I used to, when I first before I was a believer but was trying to practice faith, which is really difficult to try and practice faith without so. being a believer, um, I just thought, you know what? God has a self-esteem problem or something yeah, that yeah, yeah. we have to worship him. Just wants to be patted on the back all like, the time. Like told how good he is. And that realization of worship is not for God. It is for me. It is to change my mind on what I believe about God. It's to remind myself sure. about his goodness. He doesn't need to be told how good he is. He knows. He has no self-esteem problem. But every time that my heart turns to adoration to God, I remember and it changes me. That's good. So that leads well into a quote I have. Oh, geez. The offensive quote. It's not quite as offensive as the last one, but it's so good. Bring it. Ready? Yep. When we worship God, Mm -hmm. we're reminding ourselves that God is bigger and better than anything sin offers. Yeah. Worship isn't just an affirmation that God is good. It's an affirmation that God is better. In worship, we don't just call on one another to worship God. We also call one another away from the worship of other gods. Remind our hearts of God's goodness, majesty, love, grace, holiness, and power. Like, I love how it describes it as we're reminding ourselves, like you just talked about, but we're declaring that God is better than any other God. Yeah. It's not just that he's good, he's gooder, right? Yes. He's way more gooder than I'm other gods. I'm a fan of gooder. I do too. I am too. And it's a w- calling away from other gods to worship God. So I love that you reminded us that it's a reminder of who God is. Yes. He doesn't need it because he has low self-esteem. He knows he's the best thing for us. <laughs> this yep. reminds us he's the best thing for yeah. us. I just, I just love how that describes it. So good. That is so good. It calls us away from worshiping other gods to focus on, on his goodness. And the way that I hear that, because I have to, uh, sometimes when I hear other gods, it's really easy to think, I don't do that, um, yeah. you know, because I we don't think of things as being other gods, but it's I think cheap substitute when 
when I worship, I'm aware of how I've settled for cheap substitutes yeah. instead of him. And it it brings my focus back to the real thing. Well, and that's what his point in this quote is that Love it that. reminds us it's better than anything sin offers. So to play this out some more, let's suppose we're facing a temptation to be jealous or to covet or to lust or to lie, whatever our particular bent of sin is. If we would instead turn to worship, yes, it would remind us God is better than what that sin is trying to get me to believe, right? Or trying to get me to do. It, it's a reminder that, wait a minute, that's a hollow solution in that temptation or that sin. God's way better. So I, I just, I love the focus of that reminds us. I love also that you just hit on the act of worship would be turning away. It's almost like repentance yeah, it is. is that act of worship, which then takes it out of the scope of music. Because yes. if if we're thinking of worship being limited as being music, then our life would have to become a musical. musical. Everyone, That's true. Which that for me is a dream come I, true. But I for some people, it's a nightmare. Yeah. And, and um that we're taking it out of the scope of music, which we see in scripture where he's like, your lips praise me, but your hearts right. are far from me. That he's more interested in my heart. And when my heart turns, uh, it it does become worship. That's good. That's good. Another way to think of this is let's suppose that there's some crisis in, in our life that just came upon the scene, a mm-hmm. death or a sickness or a loss of something. It's so easy to get caught up in fear and anxiety and worry yes. like we talked about in meditation last time. And worship brings us back into, God, this is not a good situation, but you're powerful enough, strong enough, wise enough to get me through this. So it's a resetting of our mind and our fears and our anxieties. I love that centering. focus too. Yeah, it's for centering. sure. You mentioned something at the beginning. You said that it's a, an act of drawing us to the Lord, something like that, right? It's an act of like, so So I, where I'm going with this is there's a story in the Old Testament that plays out really well with this. It's a story of, of Abraham being called to go sacrifice yes. Isaac. And the story says that Abraham was asked to go take his son to sacrifice him. Yep. And the next morning, what Abraham tells the people is, we're going to go worship and we'll be back. It's actually the first time the word worship is, is really? used in well, scripture. Look at you, Bible scholar. It's a one-off. Who knew? <laughs> it's a one-off. It's the first time worship is actually used in scripture is when Abraham says, "The boy and I are going on to the mountain worship. to worship." That's interesting. Yes, it is. And and so when we read that in our context here, we might think, "Well, there's going to be a choir there, a lot of praise band, <laughs> right, and a big screen." Uh-huh. And clearly, that's not what he means. Not not what's happening at all. So he means something very different about yes, worship in this does. context. He's he's thinking, "I'm going to go. I'm going to sacrifice my son. That is worship." So it's not even so much the sacrifice that's the worship. It's the obedience that's the worship. Which is really crazy because in that story, it's not just that he's sacrificing his son. Yeah. It's that he's sacrificing the one thing God had promised him. Right. That he had been waiting for and hoping for and even Ishmaeled some. (laughs) some. Is that a word? It is now. Okay. And Ishmael, Ishmael that Ishmael. situation, uh, yes. 
Um, but that he, uh, you know, this was the one thing God had promised. Right. And and when I look at my life and how I know that there's certain things that God has given to me as hopes, dreams, promises sure. that I know he wants to fulfill, that um, it is in my best interest to actually lay those down. Right. That that in itself is worship. It's like the the other option is to not lay them down, and then that's us then playing God. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that seems to be his point here, right? Yeah. Is he's defining worship as obedience, as surrender, as letting go of something. Which to anyone who's in addiction or been through addiction, control is our number one enemy of like, we have, I had no self-control. So my method was to grab control myself. And that's the thing that jacked everything up. So it's, it's, it's so easy to have these conversations of, well, we'll just surrender, you know, just going to let go, let God, you know, and these, these sayings that become these trite sayings that we know. And yet the actual act of them once we begin to put them in practice it is it is like the core and the foundation of what worship really is and it is a sacrifice yeah it is not something that is um easy yeah but it's good so Gooder. so could you say that it's easy for us in a chapel or a worship service to sing the songs and declare these things about god but then walk out from that experience and not be surrendered or not be willing to surrender. It's easy to sing it. It's harder to do it. Oh, I'm I'm actually saying you can sing the thing and still print plan your grocery list. I mean, sure. like, oh, like gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, not be present. You can not be present and still yep. sing it. And it's God is not interested in that. He's he's interested in connection and that that worship and that heart turn or that heart. Yep, that's good. Change is the connection. So so let's think of the story this way. Let's suppose Abraham went to the mountain. Uh huh. And he gets there and there's this praise band there and they're singing <laughs> Great Are You Lord or something, right. you know. And declaring God's goodness, and he walked back to his home with Isaac and had not actually offered him, that wouldn't have been true worship. In Abraham's right. mind, the true worship was, I need to actually offer everything to the Lord. Lay it all Lay down. Lay it all down. So in our own lives, our own context, that might look like, man, God, I've got this crisis, or I've got this situation of my health, or I've got this financial need, or, or whatever it might be. Yep. And God, I'm going to lay everything before you and declare who you actually are in this situation. And then I'm not going to take that burden or that stuff back. I'm going to leave it with you. That's kind of what Abraham does, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that one's tricky because, oh, my brain is going a million miles an hour right now. Because in in addictive thinking, I want to grab hold of any negative control that I can sure. to try and make a situation turn out. So the then the idea of letting go is almost can almost become a form of control in a way where I believe I have in my past said I was letting go of something, but really what I was doing was not letting go of it necessarily to God, but letting go of it in the sense of like passivity. Sure. Or so there's there's something different with worship where I'm 
I'm going to be intentional about doing the best that I know to do without control. Okay. And the best to let go into the hands of God and trust him with the outcome, regardless of the outcome, which means in in true worship, I'm not making demands on God. Right. I'm just seeking him. Seeking him. That's good. So there's there's a lot of Psalms. If you read through the Psalms, it's really a, a prayer book and a worship yes, book, right? Yes, it is. And there's the bunch that talk about magnifying the Lord. And I know you've talked a lot about that in the past in mm-hmm. chapel and that kind of thing, about what it looks like to magnify the Lord. So can you talk a little bit about what that means to us and how we actually magnify him and why we need to do that? Well, you brought this up in meditation with your offensive quote that uh, when we we know how to meditate, because yeah. if we worry, we know how to meditate, yep, yep. that we default to the negative. So when I'm in my own thinking, magnifying the Lord, a lot of times for me, what that means is reminding myself of what he's already brought me through. Oh, that's good. And there's so much in scripture that talks about that to remember Yep. Um, you know, it it was told to the Israelites to remember he brought you out of Egypt, to remember that he's the one that did this with his faithfulness. And that then the scriptures in the New Testament about about he is the author and the finisher and that he is the one who is faithful and true and that I can lean and depend on that. Um, but it's for me, it's this reminding myself what I've already come out of. And, and reminding myself of the goodness that I've already seen, because it's really easy in a moment of s- squeezingness, yeah. s- being squozen by life. Yeah, that to forget. It's, yeah, to forget. So what you're saying is you're both magnifying him and also keeping your issues in proper perspective. I'm doing my best. Right? Because otherwise the issues become like the big thing we focus on, right? Yes. And so what magnifying the Lord means in worship is, is to put him in the right perspective. And when we have him in the right perspective, our problems, even though they might be really serious, seem way less overwhelming than they would if we didn't have him in full magnification. I love that. Yeah. So let's kind of drill this down a little bit. So what might worship look like in the daily life of a believer, right? We think about, again, usually it's Sunday in a church service kind of thing or whatever day of the week we go. But let's broaden to the to the whole f- week long. Like what would a life of worship look like in the context of Psalms and Abraham? Uh, what would that look like for us if I'm going to worship God today? I think that that is really depends on the individual because okay. we had talked about this previously in one of the other pods as you so say yeah it's kind uh, of that that um that like for me to even be taking care of myself now understand that it's not in a way where i'm being self-focused in the moment but i'm becoming very aware of like the gratitude of healing that i've encountered that is not in my own power it's because of the nature of god and the goodness of god that what i'm doing specific practices that i need to do for my own recovery around food sure um that i i view that as actually an act of worship as actually like a uh, uh, spiritual practice. Yeah. And I believe any of the spiritual practices that we do, whether it's prayer or meditation or uh, stillness or service, 
can certainly service without codependency is certainly an act of worship. If you do this right. unto the least of these, then you've done it unto me. I mean, this is this becomes worship in action. Then, yeah, those are great. How about for you? Yeah, so for me, it could look like reading a psalm, and there might be the part I stop and meditate on, but there might be a part where it You're talks kind about of a psalms junkie. I love the psalms. <laughs> They give me words, right? I don't yeah. know what to say sometimes. And it gives me words that That's I'm like. so and I, good. And they're so well written. David's just a genius writer. Yeah. And so sometimes it might look like coming across a psalm that talks about creation. And I'll stop and think, like the heavens declare the glory of God, for example, is one of the lines. And I'll stop and think, man, God, your creation is amazing. How powerful are you to be able to make things like that? Yeah. That to me is worship. I'm not singing a word out loud. But I'm in awe of how powerful he is. So that's one way that that it comes to mind for me. Another is just to, I don't I'm I don't sing publicly for good reasons. <laughs> uh, unless I'm in a lot of people in the music. Really I loud. just want to say I kind of have witnessed it occasionally. It's not good, is it? it and so it, it's not bad. It's Rick. not good it's though. Not bad. It, no, let's be real. It's not good. <laughs> and so I like to listen to worship music, or in, even in chapel, just listening to the voices around me. And it's interesting how quickly my attitude and my mindset shift mm. when I recognize what I'm singing or what I'm hearing. Yeah. And so those are some examples of of kind of how it impacts my life on a daily basis. But what I've been increasingly convicted of recently is the idea of when I walk away from that experience, am I different? Yeah. Or did I just sing some fun songs? Yeah. And I think what the Spirit's working on me on is consistency. So if I'm going to sing that in a in a chapel or, or a worship service, what am I like 20 minutes later? Yep. Am I still surrendered? Am I still in awe? Am I still thinking the right thoughts kind of thing? And so I think it's just the fullness of what worship looks like that's impacting me lately is, is my daily life an act of sacrifice, obedience, surrender? If it's not... And I learned this from you a few years ago, then maybe I need to question whether my worship, quote unquote, experience was really a worship experience. Because if I don't change, was I really encountering God or just some good music? Yeah. I think that's something we have to really question. I also think for those who do have that same weird gifting that I have of my life being a musical is start paying attention to what songs become the earworm. Sure. Um, Because it's, it's interesting to me that I often will have a song in my head at the weirdest, most random times. And when I start focusing in on what those lyrics really are saying, it's usually about something that I need. This was something that I always thought was so funny about when people in the choir would become soloists is because whatever song they were soloing at the time was typically the words they needed for the situation they were in at that given moment. And then when they'd shift to a new song, it was because they needed that new song to be their earworm for that new setting and season they were in that's interesting Start that's probably attention. true yeah for even our own worship songs that hit yes. us at different times yep that's really good so some practical tips might be uh when you're in a worship service or or some setting like that sometimes to not even just sing but to listen to the words and let them soak in like really pay attention to what's being said what you got a thought well the other thing is is that also consider instead of listening to the words and thinking uh do I like this song? Huh. 
but listening to the other voices and asking what is god hearing yeah right and that that wrecks me in every tc environment if like what is how is god hearing this when he's hearing this room full of broken people singing out i'm here in the goodness Sweet of sound, god right? you know yeah. like ah wrecks me every time that's cool so even if i may not connect with the song Yep. The person next to me very well, maybe. And also it's bringing honor and glory to God. That's really good. Another way to do this would be, uh, let's just take Psalm 16 from from last time. Your fave. Right. And reading through that both for meditation, but also there's stuff in there that talks about how good he is, how faithful he is, how he provides. And just spending some time in worship, God, thank you for, and I praise you for all the times you've taken care of me, protected me, helped me. Like that's an act of worship as well. And then lastly, in the Abraham example is, is there an area of your life where you feel him calling you to let go of something or release something or surrender something or let go of something? That is a powerful act of worship where what you've yes, sung and, and proclaimed through your voice really brings you to a place of, okay, God, I've got to actually do this now. And and you release that to him. So I think those are three things to think about. Yeah. I want to jump in just for those who go, yep, I know what I need to surrender, but I'm not yet there. Right. I just want to bring in, there's a step for that. Yeah. Step six is about developing willingness. There's a whole step just to develop the willingness. So if you're at that point where you know you need to let go of it, but you're not able to do it yet, you can at minimum pray for the willingness to be able to do it. That's good. And maybe a future uh, podcast, we could do a little bit of a different aspect of worship, and that is how worship is warfare and how it really is in Scripture you know, it's times when walls fall down yes. and there's breakthroughs and it goes before a battle. And so maybe even talking about in a future episode how worship and, I like and, and battling idea. play together. But I want to leave you guys with one more quote today. Uh, Relinquishment of burdens and fears begins when adoration and worship of God become the occupation of the soul. Yeah. As our souls become occupied, focused on worship, it's so much easier to let go of burdens and fears and anxiety because we've been reminded of the goodness of God and he's been magnified so massively in our lives. So just a thought to leave you with today. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you have questions or thoughts or comments, you can post them uh, below the uh, posting in the app. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we want to end today with a blessing from the Old Testament. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and grant you much, much peace. You guys are awesome. Hope to see you soon. God bless. See ya.